All right. Good morning, folks. Uh, we're, we're, we're live this morning here um, on May 21st, 2021. It's Jamie Oikel from runningrestaurants.com. And uh, I got my friend uh, Roger Bowden from restaurantrockstars.com. And we just wanted to jump online here and chat about a couple things. Uh, we're trying a new platform that puts us in uh, Facebook Live and, and YouTube Live here this morning. So if you do po poke on uh, and ask some questions, but we're just going to start talking for now and, and, and see where we go. Roger, Good morning, sir. Uh, I, I published an article from you this morning that you put out yesterday or the day before that was about staffing. And the reason I, I put that out is because it is the number one thing on everybody's mind right now. Uh, restaurants are saying we can't find staff. We can't find staff. I'm seeing it at the restaurants that I walk into. They have signs that says, hey, we are just having a hard time getting staff. I'm reading about it in this magazine and that website and this blog. So it is, it is, factual. People are having a hard time finding staff. Your article went back to your history about how you recruited and you built your dream team. Uh, talk about that for a second. Talk about what else you're seeing in the staffing. And then we're going to get into some other stuff a little bit later about what's going on with your restaurant, but staffing big front and center. What do you got? Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge believer in incentivizing staff and giving them reasons that motivate and inspire them to outstanding performance. So that's sort of a foundational element. But what you said is absolutely true. The article that we put out really goes back, you know, 20 plus years ago when I was starting my first restaurant. And literally I needed to hire, I don't know, 20 people, I guess, but there was a hotel being built within 10 miles of my place and they needed to hire hundreds of people at the same time I was planning my grand opening. And that was just a huge sort of a threat to think that, okay, how are we going to possibly find enough staff if this hotel is literally going to be pulling all those people out of the community? And I knew instantly that incentives were the way to go. And I believe that every restaurant has what they call, or what I call an A team or an A player. And that's, you know, an outstanding person that has experience, that has a true desire to serve the public, that's reliable, that takes initiative. You wish you had 20 more of these people. And even if you have just one, what I did was I had two of these people that I hired right off the bat and they ended up staying with me for quite a long time. And I said, well, who else do you know that might not be happy in a current job? Maybe their boss doesn't appreciate them. Maybe the managers don't lead by example. They're not recognized and rewarded. They just, you know, pay the, the paychecks, but they're not giving any praise or recognition. Do you know anyone like that? Do you know anyone that just like yourself might fit what we're doing here because we really wanted to create, you mentioned that we're a dream team. We wanted to create a family. We didn't want to create a management employee situation because I truly believe that that type of approach was going to give a better customer experience to my customers. It was going to set us apart from the competition. So, you know, we wanted to train our staff. We wanted to recognize and reward our staff and we wanted to most of all keep that staff and I learned, you know, it's been reinforced over many, many years that turnover costs a restaurant a significant amount of money. And most recently, you know, I think the statistics are somewhere between three and four thousand dollars are lost every time you hire someone, you train them in the job, get them up to speed, wages, time, productivity, and then a couple of months later you lose them for whatever reason. You fire them for non-performance, or you know, they're not a dream team person, or they leave to go somewhere else because someone else pays them more money. That costs you a tremendous amount amount of money. And I knew that, you know, two decades ago. So I just came up with an incentive program. And back then it was simple. I said, okay, to this A player, I'm going to pay you a hundred dollars if you bring me somebody great. And then if that person lasts 
three months, I'm going to give that person $300. And I knew that with our training program and with our recognition and rewards and our nurturing approach to, you know, developing our people, chances are they were going to stay because no one else, no other restaurants in the area were going to do anything like this. So it was somewhat revolutionary. We spent a lot of time doing this, but that was a very foundational element that served me over 20 years of business. So even though I had a seasonal business, here's the kicker. You know, I was only open four months a year and all my people had to get, you know, laid off and then go find other jobs and then come back to me eight months later. But it was really that foundational way that we treated these people. We treated them like family. We recognized and rewarded them. We gave them bonuses and incentives for outstanding performance. And that really separated the A players from the C players that quickly dropped out. And we had very little turnover. And in fact, after several years, year after year after year, we had a 96% retention rate in our multiple restaurants, even though we had a seasonal business. So that's kind of the backstory, yeah. James. And I'm still using that today in my current restaurant. And we've been very successful in taking, you know, new people in who are referrals from some of our A players and just paying bonuses and incentives. And you really have to do that now. And thankfully, the government funds the new Restaurant Revitalization Act that's just been launched and is now funding restaurants again. You got to take some of this money and take care of your good people and use it to recruit new people because everybody's looking for staff, you know, and you got to be able to compete with industries that are paying higher wages. And it's just the fact of the times right now, because you can't afford to lose people. If you're a busy tourist community like we are, it's like you can't run short staffed and provide, you know, lackluster service because your customers expect more. So that again, just the sign of the times. But that's just the strategy I used a long time ago that I hope help operators today. It's called recruiting, not hiring, essentially. Yeah, a couple couple things you said there that are super 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 timely and, and relevant. I mean, I'm seeing uh, restaurants put the things like a hundred dollars, you know, or or more on their chalkboards, um, on their signs, you know, signing bonuses, getting started. It's really a really something we haven't seen such yeah. a challenge to fill spots before. Right, and it, right. it, there's, there's several reasons uh, related to COVID and, and decreases in the labor market and, and, and safety and so forth and people coming back. And there's a lot of reasons the why, but the main point is how do I find people? People are asking, how do I find people? And Roger, Roger's tip is, is, is rock solid. It goes back to, it goes back to just, you have great people in your, in your business and looking at them first and incentivizing them to bring other great people in is, is the number one tactic. But what I like, you also talk about having a reward on the backside mm -hmm. uh, if they stick around. And yeah. uh, that's important because, yeah, people, it's not the idea of, you know, jump in, grab $100, quit the next week, jump in, grab $100, quit the next week. And you, you, could, try, you could probably bounce around and try to play that game. But mm. that's, not, that's not beneficial to anybody. Uh, we have... Obviously, the the wages thing you talked about is probably a dramatic question for operators right now. They're used to paying uh, minimum wage uh, or or near that, and that is no longer going to fly. We're, we've already seen the push towards fifteen in, in in other industries, and restaurants really are we're adapting to that before. But even now, with this pressure, it's going to change. What are your thoughts about the wage aspect? And I've, I've also interviewed someone recently with the technology side. So maybe we can operate with less people somehow with technology, other, other cost savings, pay people more. How are you seeing it all intermingle? Well, again, there are 
certain automation software products that do eliminate staff. Obviously, you have to vet these very carefully. Um, in some cases, the personal touch is lost. You still want to interact with your customers on a personal level. Yes, wages have gone higher, but I have found that um, quarterly bonus incentives sort of take the emphasis off a higher wage. You know, either if you hire someone now or if someone expects a raise, it's going to cost you more money to raise their wage versus giving them a quarterly incentive. And in our restaurant, it seems to be working every, you know, every three months or so, we're giving people an added bonus provided their performance stays high, provided they're showing initiative. I mean, we have a whole list of criteria, of course. You know, there's a complete job description. There are key results, what our expectations are. And those are the things that these bonuses are based on. But it's really raising the the level of performance and, and raising the morale of the place. It's um, And it's also augmented by, you know, regular recognition that we do on a weekly basis. You know, that whole difference dollars thing that you and I have talked about. It's like, you got to do all these little programs to just keep morale high. You got to treat your people well. You got to treat them like their contribution is important. And most of all, as an owner or manager, you have to lead by example. You can't just be a figurehead that barks orders at people because right now there's a million choices they can have to jump ship and go work for somebody else. So you got to protect and keep your staff intact but then you got to keep them happy and thinking, I don't want to go anywhere else. It's too much fun to work here. I love the fact that they recognize all of my accomplishments and that, you know, they, they pay us incentives regularly. So again, use that government money for this, for this purpose. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely part of the rules. You can use it to pay your staff and we're certainly doing it to great effect. Yeah, it's, fun, it's funny you use the word protect your staff and, and people obviously probably have thought that way in, in the past, but mm -hmm. but that is, it's literally a, yeah. a fight because they could find a job about well, 30 seconds after leaving your door, they could find another job. Like sometimes it's, oh yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Go, good luck. Go find another job. But like literally right now, right now anybody in yep. your restaurant could go find another job uh, within, within five seconds flat. Well, so scarier than that, James, you know, I follow restaurant owner and manager Facebook groups. And I've seen multiple posts about unscrupulous restaurants out there literally poaching employees mm -hmm. on their way in the doors to someone else's restaurant. They see people wearing chef coats and aprons and carrying right. knives. And it's like, they're offering them like crazy stuff in the parking right. lot to jump ship. I mean, it's scary to say that it's come to that. And I can't imagine an owner operator that would ever do that. But I mean, it's just... You know, it's like, yeah, scary. yeah. Usually it's like, Hey, if you, I know we've talked about this before. If you, if you, if you have a good experience with a, with a host, maybe you're at the bank, right? You even go to the bank and you have yeah, a good experience right, with the teller right. and you're like, Holy cow, I love the way you are. If mm -hmm. you're ever looking for your next thing, I, I, I run the restaurant yeah. down the street and would love to have you come in. Like that's, right, that's normal. Right. That's acceptable. Yeah. It's yep. not acceptable to walk into a competition and, and be like handing out your business card saying, Hey, right. come on over. We got, we'll pay, we'll pay you more money. That's and that's poach just not, people in the parking yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, really yeah. not acceptable. That's but crossing listen, I, a line. I love I love when you talked about the bonus pool and maybe for maybe we can spend two more seconds there because what I was imagining as you said it is maybe just a checklist of 10 things, 15 things, 20 things that the person is scored on on a quarterly basis and it tallies to a score and that makes them eligible for X percentage of a bonus pool. Like you could get kind of fancy with that or pretty simple. Like are you somewhere in between? It depends on the position, of course, but there are some positions in your restaurant that literally 
pay you an, an ROI or a return on investment for these incentives if you have people in a position to build your business, to drive new traffic, to come up with innovative marketing programs that, you know, that create affinity with your customers. If you can track that and see a definite ROI, then, you know, that's the way to go. We certainly had all of that for our managers. Our managers had their, you know, their basic job description and their key results, but then they had bonusable line items that said, if you do this and if you bring in this new business, if you create a mug club that, you know, any of those things, you're going to get a piece of the action. It's almost like a profit sharing thing. Even though they don't have an equity stake in your business, it's a really powerful motivator to give them a percentage of any sales or business if you can track it that comes in. There are certain things that you can track, you know, like mug club memberships. If you raise the membership to a hundred new members this month, I'm going to give you a, per a percentage of that. You know, we did a lot of that and that, that was super effective. And, you know, even servers, um, if you can clearly track their sales and if they're selling versus just order taking, then you could give them an incentive based on how free, you know, their, their consistency in raising sales and suggestive selling. That's a fine line too, but you know we did all this stuff, and it really worked for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, good, good morning, folks. Uh, we're, we're we're live here this morning on Friday. It's uh, Jamie Wickle from Running Restaurants, along with Roger Bilbin from Restaurant Rockstars. Just talking about short staff right now. We're going to get into the decision to sell a restaurant uh, momentarily. But since we are live, and if if you are with us, if you do want to throw a comment or a question in, we're we're happy happy to look at that and and go impromptu and uh, and answer answer that. So feel feel free to do that. Appreciate that. So Rod, one one thing I want to point out on the short staff part: people are juggling people. And I know there's a restaurant here where we live in our neighborhood that um, had to unexpectedly close for uh, for the for the Mother's Day. Okay, and uh, they I think they put a post on Facebook the day before, maybe two days before, that was like, "Hey, unfortunately, we don't have the staff that day. We're going to close." Right, reasonable, reasonable to do that. Except, guess what happened on Mother's Day? Uh, there's another, then there's a post in the community in the community post saying, Hey, my family of 10 showed up at the restaurant with reservations and all, and we, and all 10 of us get out and we go up to the door and we see that you're closed. Oh man. Was that not a good, was that not a happy thing to write? And, the, and the person imagine, imagine that like you get all dressed up, you go, you tell your family to go, you plan, you get out of the car mm -hmm. and on the, on the knock, why, why isn't the door opening? Sorry. We're, you know, we're closed. I mean, that was brutal. And the people eventually found another meal. But on those busy days, it's hard to find a restaurant to eat in. So that really could have been a disaster. Uh, people are, are, are altering shifts because they can't get them covered. What the heck are you seeing, man? Well, I'm seeing a lot of that too. And, you know, it's getting even scarier here in the state of Maine because um, we are a tourist state, of course, much like you in Florida. And every summer, as soon as the weather starts to get warm, I mean, our border just gets bombarded with tourists from out of state. And it's a, you know, it's a hospitality state for sure. And the coast of Maine and restaurants and hotels, and there's so much pent up demand right now. And things are starting to get really busy, yet there's not enough staff to serve all these customers. Customers are expecting great service. They're expecting that word hospitality. And it becomes more and more impossible for a restaurant to deliver that level of service when three people are gone. You, this person quit to go make more money somewhere else. You know, what I talked about earlier, the recruiting thing, the recognition rewards thing, it's like you needed that solid foundation in place before all this craziness happened. And it's not too late. You need to start that now. 
but this is unprecedented what we're seeing. And what's really scary is our, our state government is talking about dropping, you know, the meals and beverage tax to encourage the tourists to come back. And wow, you know, it's like the last thing you want is not to be able to put your best foot forward and serve the people that are coming from out of state because it's a reputation of our state tourism and hospitality. And if we can't deliver that, I'm, I'm afraid to see what may be coming. So I mean, I know other states are dealing with this too, but yeah, with warmer weather comes increased traffic with the end of the pandemic and the vaccines and people just wanting to go back out to restaurants in droves. I mean, we're getting huge business levels now that, we, you know, if, if restaurants can't serve the customers, then the online reviews start getting slammed and it's it's just unfortunate. And And the bottom line is this, the customer has expectations and they're not necessarily going to understand the challenges we as operators are facing, nor should they have to care about that. It's like all they want to do is spend their money and get a great experience. And it's up to you, the operator, in the customer's mind to be able to deliver the two expectations, if not exceed them. And unfortunately, as operators, we know that behind the scenes, there's a thousand details and labor staffing right now and keeping people is our biggest challenge. And it just pains us to see to not be able to deliver based on being short-staffed. You know, that's that catch-22. There, there's, there's so much, you already said it, there, but the pent-up demand to go back out to restaurants is mm-hmm. is, is 100% there. Uh, every, a lot of places I'm going now feel like nothing, like, like COVID is over. Like there's like some places, there's very few signs of math, especially here in Florida, which has been the case for a while. But um and so people want to get back to normal. The cases are down. Vaccine is out. Uh, we're certainly not all the way back there, but there's, there's so there's pent up demand. Uh, dollars, I think dollars are in people's pockets from the stimulus. Stock market is doing well. So people feel whenever that ha- happens, you know, people feel wealthy. They want to, they, they feel, I have money. What do I do with it? I, I want to spend it, right? That's our natural uh, inclination as good, solid Americans. So people, uh, people, restaurants are, are busy and struggling. So, uh, all right, we talked about short staffing, 100% there. Uh, as you can see from our fancy graphic, we're gonna talk about the decision to sell your restaurant next. And Roger uh, is a longtime operator in the past in the state of Maine, but then I'm, I'm gonna say, I don't know, 18 months, two years ago at this point, I'm not sure he can tell us, but purchased a restaurant again to get back into the business. Crazy decision on his part, of course, but but anyway. So, but t- th- things have changed in the interim. COVID happened, and now you are under contract to, to sell that restaurant. So, mm-hmm. tell us about it, man. Yeah. So it was eighteen months ago that we decided to get back into the restaurant business, and we saw an opportunity that we thought or believed at the time had great potential. For those of you who have listened to Jamie and I speak about this before, the restaurant I bought was. Uh, a turnaround situation. And it literally required a significant investment to bring things back up to, you know, up to snuff. You know, we had equipment issues, we had renovation in the kitchen issues, and we had big plans because this property had a a post and beam or does have a post and beam barn on the property. And we saw that as a beautiful new venue to add a bar and a wood-fired pizzeria restaurant. It has a courtyard out front and we envisioned acoustic guitar players playing music, the Italian lights at night in the courtyard, the wood-fired pizza, the bar. I mean, that was a major reason why we purchased this. And so we we renovated the kitchen and we fixed, you know, the equipment and we did all sorts of improvements to the business. And then 
The next minute, you know, the COVID pandemic hits and it's like, wow, we come to a standstill. The restaurant is forced to close for seven, if almost eight weeks. And then we have to rebuild our business when business was down 80%, like it was across the country. I mean, crazy stuff, right? And we survived, thankfully, due to a lot of the government funds and the PPP and all that. And just when we were thinking about starting on this barn project and and do, you know, I was about two minutes away from pulling the trigger on a, on an expensive wood-fired pizza oven imported from Italy. And we were really starting to plan this whole thing. We got a call from a commercial broker that we had never heard of before saying, you know, I, I represent a client that's familiar with your property and they're interested in, in your property. And what do you think? And are you interested in selling? And our first thought is, well, you know, everything's for sale for the right price. What's the state of the market? And we learned quickly that it's a seller's market and prices are high and that, you know, properties are turning over right now because people see opportunity and they have some money that they can put towards a business. And maybe now is the time that they got laid off from their job or they're working remotely from home. You know, a variety of things have happened. So we we interviewed these people and had a couple of conversations. And that was really the start of us thinking, geez, should we list it for sale and see what happens? So you know, I have two partners. My wife is a partner in this in in this restaurant, as well as another person uh, who is a partner in my last restaurant. And the three of us just said, "Let's see what happens." So we found a really aggressive commercial broker to represent us that have moved a lot of commercial properties recently. We put it on the market, and I'd say a day or two later, we started getting serious interest and in inquiries and showings. And a lot of showings happened in the first two weeks. And there were literally four interested parties in our business. And um, one very perfect buyer emerged and we're now under contract. And we're very pleased with the opportunity because we know that we're going to move on to other opportunities. And, you know, we're also focused on our current businesses. My other partner has a, a solar powered building business that is also very busy. So she needs to focus on that. My wife and I are focused on restaurant rock stars and you know, maybe we didn't have the time to really build out this wood-fired pizzeria. Maybe the timing is right, but it just it, it just appears that it is. And that's how we came to make that decision. Yeah. If, what I think, two things that are fascinating about that piece is the unsolicited part. Uh, someone to come to you, you're mm -hmm. an existing, your existing operation. There's no signs that you're for sale per se, right? You're, no. you're running, you're pivoting. Correct. You're Correct. pivoting daily. You guys, you guys mm -hmm. have been you shifted and you moved and you dodged and you weaved during COVID. We did. And and someone just knocked on your door and said, Hey, I, I like your, I like this location. You, you ever think about selling? And you, and, and you said, rightly so. Sure. I mean, let's, let's talk. Right. Um, and, and, and you've gone and then, and then man, the, uh, much like we're finding with residential real estate, it is, it is a, it is a seller's market. It is hot prices. Prices are up. Uh, somewhat surprisingly and somewhat kind of uncharacteristically, like you wouldn't necessarily think coming out of these situations where things have been so dire that prices would be so high, but that's where we are. That is the reality right. of the market. Again, maybe fueled by stock prices and people feeling wealthy and thus having money to put towards sure. stuff like uh, big, big investments. And so it is, it is an interesting time to think about your restaurant, especially if you've gone through the worst year of your life, which is virtually every darn restaurant operator right now. So if someone was to, you know, cash you out of that situation and you'd already been thinking about an exit strategy, yeah, right. it, it, could, it could absolutely be the right time. But 
I don't, I don't know if, if so much the case this time as, as last time, but last time you sold your, your operations, being able to sell strategically and successfully has to do with having systems in place Absolutely. to show this place ran profitably mm -hmm. and you're taking it over and you're going to make money. And if you don't have that, it can be a real struggle. Your, your new, your new sale sounds more like these people just like the like the thing and they're going to almost even change the concept so it's a little bit different than looking at your profitable model and buying your profits i think and you can you can you can elaborate yeah but but if you are selling it it hopefully you've put things in place to show these are our customers this is our marketing this is our menu these things work assuming time is right how do you think about the systems piece the systems is absolutely essential in in both sales, you know, having a management team in place that makes it more of a turnkey operation in any sale is a huge plus. When we talk about the systems, I believe there are three foundational systems to any successful restaurant. I'll list them quickly. The first one, of course, is having cost controls and understanding how to maximize your profits. That's a system unto itself. And very few restaurants that I coach or come across really have those systems dialed to know if I ask you a question, what's your prime cost? You know, what's your what's your daily break even? I mean, these are very simple questions that a lot of restaurants don't aren't able to answer. They can tell you what sells, what's popular. They can see that their seats are, they're filling their seats, but a lot of them are wondering why why is my bank account not growing? And that's because they don't have the critical financial systems understood and dialed. The second one is the staff training piece that we talked about earlier, you know, the staff training, development, recognition and rewards. That is super important because your your staff create every single guest impression in your restaurant and they're either turning your customers on to what your restaurant is about and, and giving them lots of reasons to leave you positive online reviews and to build your business and to come back again and again and tell your friends or send your customers to the competition. And I've seen it happen both ways in clients that I've worked with. And then the third one, of course, is marketing firepower and affinity, building affinity with your customers. You know, that powerful sense of loyalty or, you know, the cheers formula. We talk about this often. People want to go where everyone knows their name. People want to go where they're treated special, like they're the most important customer. That is so important. So those are the three foundational systems that every restaurant needs dialed. So we had those clearly in my last restaurant. I mean, a buyer could have come into that restaurant with absolutely zero restaurant experience. And as long as they didn't fix what wasn't broken, that place ran itself. It was like a beautiful investment for someone who wanted a turnkey cash cow restaurant. That was my last situation. And, but you know, as a plus, the person that ended up buying my last restaurant was a bartender that worked for me for two years in the winter, and he owned two restaurants in the summer, and he just wanted a, a winter operation, and he saw that it printed money. The due diligence was very simple. It didn't require anything. He worked there. He knew the place rock and rolled and that it was a cash cow. And, you know, thankfully he had the wherewithal and the resources to buy it. There were no brokers involved. There were no commissions paid. It was just a smooth transition. And now this new sale uh, is is also about having great people in place. And what's really key is all the work we did to transform this restaurant from the old cafe concept to a grab and go market, beer and wine to go, cocktails, you know, prepared foods to go. 
that really transformed the business. And now sales are exceeding what they were last uh, the summer before the pandemic, when it was still a cafe, our sales are now exceeding the sales that we had when it was a sit down restaurant where no one's sitting down anymore. You know, when people used to take up tables for 45 minutes to over an hour, now people just come in and they're just buying merchandise. They're buying chicken pot pies and lasagnas and bottles of wine and six packs of beer. And we're still serving breakfast and lunch from the line that's takeout. So pivoting to that market model was clearly a benefit. And now the new buyer wants to expand on that concept, focus more on the baking operation and, and take that to a whole nother level. Plus the barn is still a plus. The barn still has tremendous potential to be another outlet of some merit for someone, you know, for, to, to do something really great in, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, those are the two scenarios pretty much. Yeah. And I know you were excited about the, uh, the potential of the barn. It sounds, sounds like a fun, fun a fun yeah. piece, a fun piece of the property there. I so, live 10 uh, minutes away. I'm going to I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. how that place continues to evolve the market. You know, the local marketplace is also exploding. I mean, I may have mentioned to you in the past that there's probably five new subdivisions going in within a nine iron shot of my place. So location, location, location is still very important, but I'm in a growing growing town, a growing community. And so our pivot to that market model made a lot more sense than the old cafe model. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that property continues to grow and thrive with the community growing along with it. All right. Um, well, listen, we're, we're, we're coming up on, on, on 30 minutes and we just intended to, to jump on for, yep. for 15 or 20 and, and chat and say, hi, listen, again, if, if, if you're live with us, that, that, that's cool. Appreciate it. If you have any questions you want, throw them in now. Cause we're going to, we're going to start the wrap up process, but if there's something you want us to hit, let, let us know. Um, so we talked about, we talked about everybody's biggest challenge right now, which is staff. We, we talked about that for a good 15 minutes. Uh, what people can do about it. We talked about, uh, word of mouth, uh, incentive bonuses, Big, big important stuff. Then we moved into Roger's uh, uh, decision to sell his restaurant, which uh, he's going through that process now, and he's and he's un, under contract, uh, which is uh, a, 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 you know an, exci an exciting time. And, and so it could be the right time for you to sell if you're an operator and you've been looking at it. You you may have that opportunity to get with a broker, and there may be an active market for your place. There, people want to go into restaurants that already have uh, a lot of the equipment and stuff in place. It's just easier uh, than building out. And so you may have a space that someone's been coveting for years. They they probably don't think you want to sell, but but maybe it, it is the right time. So you could explore that. So absolutely, it is a seller's market. So we talked about those two things. Um, Roger, uh, in addition to myself, we also do some, 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 some podcasting. I have a couple of cool episodes coming up here in the near future. One about um, another, uh, QR type code where you scan it and you can do the menu, you can do the paying. I love that stuff. We put one out yesterday that, that does that as well. Like I hate sitting at that darn table waiting for the, the, the server to go back and forth. I feel like I'm done, but it takes 15 minutes to leave, man. I wish I could just scan the QR code pay and walk out. Like, so I, we did a couple interviews with folks like that. That was cool. I got a great, um, uh, talk with Kyle and Sarah, Who's got a who's got a podcast of his own, and you may you may have worked with Kyle already too. I'm not sure. And where we just talk about everything under the business, that's going to come out probably in the next week or so. And then it's and also marketing uh, one I did with uh, Rev Ciancio about uh, third party delivery stuff, which is a huge topic right now. So I got stuff coming out that's going to be exciting. What do you got coming out on your podcast? Yeah, um, whole bunch of guests coming up. Um, everything from 
technology to sales techniques to marketing to finance, a whole range of guests and range of topics over the next couple of weeks. And I'm constantly vetting new, you know, new guest opportunities all the time. And I'm going to continue to involve you in, in some of those interviews because it's always fun, James, to get together when we co-host a, a podcast. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. We we do we do enjoy it. Uh, we can go to uh, we can go to three person mode uh, right. on on something like this and and so forth. Yep. But um, so as as we close, you hit on um, you hit on sales stars. Uh, tell people where to go to find that. That is really timely right now. If you have folks coming into your operation and your profits have been been lower than you wanted for the last year, which is everybody, then let's take advantage of every single customer that's coming in to maximize their sale. What is that? Where, where can they go and find that? Yeah, restaurantrockstars.com on our shop page. You'll find we have a variety of restaurant training systems, but the flagship product continues to be sales stars, and it builds what I call the dream team. We talked about that earlier. It's a complete recognition and rewards program, but it's a four-module training series for your entire front-of-house staff. And I think the difference is, you know, if you train your staff at all, it's on hospitality and the basics of service, but I've yet to see another program that really teaches people how to recognize opportunity and sell because after all you know sales are the lifeblood of every restaurant so it, it does that as well and it also includes what I call pre-shifts to profits which gives you 30 days of proven training exercises for pre-shifts which I believe are foundational as well and really important to do every single day and I'm not talking about 20 minutes or 30 minutes these are five to ten minute exercises you can do to get together with your staff that really focus on a strategy every table every time that increase sales and deliver amazing dining experiences. That's what Sales Stars is all about. Yeah, and if and, and if you, if you check that out, uh, one of the things that I love the most in his training materials is that uh, that iceberg graphic that shows the tip of the iceberg, which is where and we don't have it up now, but we could. But anyway, the, the, really, what your what your staff is doing now is that little tip that's easy. People come in and they want to order food, and so you just grab what they want to order. There's so many opportunities below the surface to increase your sales, right. and oh my gosh, it's so much more profitable. So, uh, Roger's training, especially in this in this category, is like is like knock uh, is like just knock out. Like, get it for your staff, maximize the opportunities as people are coming back in with their uh, their stimulus dollars to your restaurant. Like, please take advantage of those opportunities. So, you can check him out there uh, on our side, runningrestaurants.com. Check it out. You have. Uh, over a thousand articles to dial into on the site. We have, uh, I don't know, over a hundred articles of multimedia, hundred hours of multimedia at this point. I'm sure there's actually a lot more. We haven't tallied it, but on the site, there's just tons of interviews and so forth. So you can check us out at runningrestaurants.com. So had fun jumping on here live this morning on a, on a Friday morning, talking about staffing, talking about the decision to sell, and and, and we can perhaps jump on. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe we'll do something next week as well, where we can just talk about what's going on in the business, what folks are looking for, what tips they can share. So any, uh, any closing parting thoughts, my friend? Yeah, this is time to get the passion back for what really got you into the restaurant business to begin with. You know, there's definitely the light at the end of the tunnel is almost there. It's like there's more government money. I definitely encourage everyone to go after it now and, uh, you know, get the passion back, really build your dream team staff make an exit strategy for yourself and really revitalize what you had before the pandemic hit and things can only get better. And uh, that's my best advice for operators out there. Yeah. 100%. It's, all a, it's a business of passion. It's a business of hospitality and both are super important, not only for yourself, but for your staff as well. 
Yeah, and listen, if you don't have that right now, it's going to be a challenge because you're juggling so much coming at you. It is hitting, it is hitting so hard for the last bit, and it's not, it's not slowing down. So, all right, again, uh, Jamie Oichel from RunningRestaurants.com and Roger Bogwin from RestaurantRockstars.com. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We're going to sign off. We'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone.